Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. So we've been talking about faith and family. So the focus of this next series that we're going through, it focuses on family concepts. As I was praying about it, I said, God, what are the most important things of a family dynamic that either make a family successful or the things that maybe destroy a family or cause the family to have strife or conflict? Because these practical things uh, affect our quality of life. How many of you know that? Husbands and wives, you ever fought with your spouse? It f- makes everything flustered. It just it changes the whole dynamic and the order of the home. If you've never fought with your spouse, by the grace of God, when you do, you'll be okay. Because there's going to come at some point where you're going to have a chance to, to throw love or frustration or irritation to your spouse. And, and it, it's really God's heart that we respond in love towards our spouses. We talked about last week about the marriage, how God has designed marriage uh, as the model for a Christian home. Notice I said Christian home. I didn't say cultural home of what the world is defining culture as far as there's a lot of exceptions to the rule. I'm talking about a Christian biblical model of how God has established the home and what ultimately uh, he desires. If we desire to raise uh, Christian uh, children, it's important not for us just to communicate a Christian perspective, but to model that within the home also. You know, one of the most powerful things you can do is what you tell your children and what you teach your children that you also implement within the home. You know, don't say, oh, don't do that, and then do it, where your life practically conflicts what is communicated out of your mouth. What we want is what we're communicating out of our mouth to be uh, concreted and secured within the home. So uh, I had a uh, gentleman tell me after the message because I, I was talking about how uh, Moses in the law, he he stated, he says, you know, it was not so at the beginning. He created husband and wife to be married forever, and then they made an exception to the rule. They said it was because of the hardness of your hearts that he gave them the option of breaking marriage. And what the Bible communicates as the only thing is marital unfaithfulness. Okay, and. He, he, he came up to me and said, man, I was waiting for you to share that. I've read that before, and I knew it was there, and you know, I knew it was coming. And so I prayed about it, and I said, man, Lord, why did I not? You know, I didn't have it in my notes, and I didn't write it, but I meant to say it, but I didn't say it. Well, I'm here to encourage you today that, that by the grace of God, Father God can get you through anything that you go through, even marital unfaithfulness if he's involved in the picture. Now, is, is, can there be ca- catastrophic consequences and fractures of the heart and all of these things, all this damage that comes out? Absolutely. But there is nothing in marriage that cannot be redeemed by the price of Christ and allowing him to be in the middle of your marriage. So wherever you're at marriage-wise this morning, God can fix it. But the two of you are going to have to come together and say, honey, man, we need God in the middle of our lives. Because I'm angry, you're frustrated, you're frustrated, and I'm angry. We cannot get on the same page, and we just have to cling to God, that he would unite our hearts, that he's put together, that he's knit together. It says in the scripture, you know, what God has joined together, let no man separate. So that's where we established last week. We talked about the marriage, that it's unity, it's unified. It has to be uh, in one accord. It has to be joined and fitted together. 
So today we're going to, we focused on family and marriage. Today we're going to talk on family and parenting. But if the parents are not in unity, it's going to be very difficult for their parenting pattern to be united also. The parents have to be of one accord, in one mind, you know, consistent in their discipline. You know, I know that uh, sometimes parents' camps are divided, right? You have one that's strict and rigid and, oh, go get the belt. And then you have the other one, oh, he doesn't deserve it. He's just a kid full of grace and forgiveness. And, you know, but the camp is divided by two. So if the kid's in trouble, they're, they're always going to run to the grace camp. They're not going to run to dad as he throws the belt over his shoulder and says, oh, dad, I, no, I'm going to go to mom. And then I hope mom doesn't send me to dad. You know, but, is, but are, we, are, we, are we fighting together as parents raising godly children? Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, this is going to be our core scripture this morning. Children, if you're coloring, if you're distracted, listen just for a moment. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. What does it ask you to do, children? To what? Obey. obey. How many of you like obeying? Raise your hand. Christina, oh, we got a few over here. I thought Christina was the only one. How many, of you, some, how many of you kiddos sometimes have a hard time obeying? You don't like what your parents say or it's almost summer, it's almost, it's summertime or almost summertime and they tell you to go to bed. How many kids do not like that instruction from the parents? Every single one of them. So that passage, it, repeat after me, children. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. When the Bible says it's right, it's right. And none of the kids like that scripture. Verse 2, as we continue on, it says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. And this is why, kiddos, it's super important for you to, uh, to obey your parents and also honoring your mother and father. It says that, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. You kiddos got that? When, you're, when you honor your parents, when you obey your parents, the word of God promises long life on the earth. Okay? So that's a biblical principle. That's also a life principle. Because disobedience to your parents may shorten your life. And some of the parents said, amen, silently, under their breath. Okay? So then it goes on in verse 4. It says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Do not irritate. Do not frustrate. Do not poke and prod and irritate them in this capacity. But it says, instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So... Notice here, and you know, there's some other scriptures and we could throw some other stuff, but notice here that it doesn't say mothers. All right, man. Who is the command given to? It says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Why did he do that? Why did he say that? I always pick on my children. Jab them, poke at them. Hey, you know, you know, one of them will get really, really mad because the other one's laughing at them. And it's really something that's really, really funny. And they get furious. They're like, sister was laughing at me because of this. And I, was, and I was like, Samuel, and he gets so mad. 
Sorry, buddy. He, uh, he, he, he says, why is she laughing? I was like, because it's funny. And I start laughing too. And he gets furious. He gets mad, you know, exasperating, frustrating our children so much that they lose respect or, or, it, or it causes harm. But it says, don't do that on a regular basis. I don't know. It's in the DNA of dads. Maybe that's why God put it there. Don't exasperate your children to the degree that it causes long-term harm. But it says what? To bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So training is something that has to be implemented over, over and over and over and over again. Training, okay? It's, 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 it's causing the result that you want to get out of your children, right? If you don't ever see the, the, the action change, then maybe we're not training to the degree that we need to to get the response that we need from our children, okay? And then also in the instruction of the Lord, what does that mean? And tell them what the Word of God says. Everything you do through deed and action, speak the Word of God. If they have a question of, you know, which don't always pull the same scripture, but if your kids ask you, well, why do I have to do that, Dad? Because over here in Ephesians 6, it says, obey your parents. Not just to get your way, but to raise them in a Christian lifestyle of all the variables that they need to live a successful life. Because we know where they're going to get one day, being an adult, all the responsibilities, and we want to make sure that we're growing our children to, to stand firm and to stand strong. So today, we have to be proactive in raising our children. We can't let the schools or the church replace the responsibility that God has put on the parents. We have to understand that uh, a big percentage of the result that you get from your children is based on the parents, it's not the school. It's not the churches. I'm not saying that these don't influence and don't play a part into the result that we're seeing from our children. But ultimately, it's our responsibility as parents to do the best we can by the grace of God. And when we don't know, we get help from other parents or we ask God, we say, God, what do I do? And he will give us all wisdom and guide us in all things into how we're to respond and what we're to do. Because there's different variables in parenting. Sometimes you do need to show grace. But other times you need to implement discipline. There has to be that balance of both. You can't just be, be one-sided. We need to be people of balance, okay? So parents have the greatest honor and privilege to impact and establish the destinies of your children. You have to understand what you have available to you. The destinies of your children. That you have a chance to really shape that and, 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 and cause uh, their future to be established by what you do or don't do. Okay, Proverbs 22, 6, it says, train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. Now, this is, a, this is a promise, and this is a scripture that we quote all of the time, and sometimes we see our children, we've disciplined, we've structured, we've done all we can, and that there is a season of rebellion that we're faced with sometime, and then we get mad and we get frustrated, infuriated with the word of God and say, God, you said that if I would raise our, my children in the way that is godly and biblical, they would not turn from it. And I think that the ultimate thing of what that scripture is implying is that at the end of their life, you know, they will turn back to what they know. Every single one of us go through the idiot stage of life. If you haven't, praise God. But those moments of where I'm trying to figure it out, I know better than mom and dad, those foolish years of just independence, of growing, of trying to figure it out, and 
you know, I go back, like some of the worst decisions I've made in my life, and I, I scratch my head. I was like, man, I wish, which we never say this out loud, but I almost, I say, I wish I would have listened to my parents. Now, at the age of growing and teenage years, you might be saying, whatever, I got to figure it out. But you're going to come to a place of where your parents knew more than you thought they did. Why? Because we were all in that same position. Now, cultures change, and sometimes you say, hey, I do, you, you don't understand. You don't know, you don't know what, what I'm living through. You don't know, the, you know the, the challenges that I face. Well, listen, it's the same devil that was attacking me that's attacking you now. There's no difference. The attack and the, strat the strategy of the enemy is exactly the same. And the result always has to be the same of our dependence on God. You know, our, our dependence on our parents that God has orchestrated to be part of our lives. You hear that, young people? You hear that, children? God had an ultimate plan to give you the parents he gave you. He didn't mess up when he did it. Okay? But in response, parents, we got to allow God to change our heart and to mold us and shape us because apart from God, we can mess up a lot of things. We can do a lot of things wrong. But if God really just shapes our heart and, and let's, say, let's say we're, you know, we're angry or we're frustrated when we discipline. Been there, ever done that? You know, where you're, you're too mad. You should have cooled off a little bit before you went in there and you had a conversation. Well, the godly right thing to do would come back and say, baby, I'm so sorry. I was frustrated. I was angry. And you didn't deserve that. I'm sorry. I'm working through this just like you're working through this. I've never been a dad before either, just like you've never been a kid before. And we humble ourselves and we get it right and we make sure that our kids know that we're for them and we love them and we're not just the mean guy. That we want to do it right. And it's hard when we mess up or we don't respond correctly in our parenting. Proverbs twenty two fifteen it says, Folly is bound up in the heart of the child. And I love this one, and I, I hope I never go to jail for it, but, but it says, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. I spank my children in my home. You hold that against me, and now it's not abuse. It's discipline. It's correcting a, a behavior that I do not like the result of. Uh, my kids very rarely talk back to us. Uh, Usually it's just an attitude issue, man. They are just frustrated or angry and they can't get over it. And, and every single time I say, all right, Samuel, it's time to get a spanking. All right, Cassidy, it's time to get a spanking. And it's not like this huge like deal, but it's the, it's the practical sense of not choosing not to spare the rod. And it's just this, you know, like you sp I spank them and then it's like a light switch changed. And all of a sudden they're like, okay, I'm better and it's over. And I was like, all you needed was a spanking? But there is something supernatural about spankings that get to the heart and they break the root of sin within. But it also brings correction of what's right, what's wrong, and, and that is the compass of, of really pointing the, the, my children to the right response. Now, there's a lot of grace. You know, there's times I've taken them in the room and says, hey, you know you deserve a spanking, right? You deserve it, but I'm not going to give you one because I think you understand what you did. So I give grace also, but there's sometimes, there's consequence for choice. How many of you adults know that that's the same thing now? There's consequences for choices you make. And if you don't get it right as a child, you're going to be very destructive as an adult. If you don't learn what is right and what's wrong and that your consequences have actions. And that's a big role of the parent, making sure, you know, and that we understand that folly is bound up in the heart of a child. These are heart issues. 
You know, we have to we have to we have to realize that. So it's important as parents to not uh, to not just be your child's friend. Okay, you need to you need to be a parent which guides, directs, instructs, and teach teaches your children. Now, some of you you know the, the concept of tough love. That there's a difference. My goal is not just to be buddy buddy with you, but I care about what you become and what God has for your life and what's in your heart. And it's the parents' responsibility to make sure that we parent. Because I've seen that real loose, like, hey, that's cool. You know, you did made a stupid decision. Ah, oh, it's cool, man. No harm, no foul. You know, I used to do stuff like that. Fist bump and you walk off. Well, we need to make sure that we guide in the correct action. Say, son, that was a really that was a poor decision. And here's how you should go about next time. Here's what God's word says. Hey, let me tell you a story about daddy, how I made some bad decisions and what it led me to. So I can hopefully paint the reality for him, for my children, so that they don't walk in the same chaos as I did. At least don't fall in the same trap I did. Now, there's always plans of the enemy out there against our children, and we have to know that. But it's us as parents, you know, paying attention and not allowing the enemy of this world to take advantage of them by our failure to be involved in their life as parents not just friends, okay? Parents, we need to be united in our parenting goals. Let's look at this passage in Titus 2, 1 through 8. It gives us a lot of kind of fine-focused instruction. Titus 2, 1 through 8. Okay, so I'm going to read it to you. It says... First and foremost in verse 1, chapter 2, Titus, it says, You must teach what is in accordance with sound doctrine. So what does that mean? It needs to be biblical. It needs to be founded in the Word. It can't just be because mama said so. Daddy said so. But, but son, daughter, this is what the Word of God says. This isn't even dad's idea. You know, make sure that we're, it's with sound doctrine. So this is what it says, verse 2. It says, Teach the older men to be temper, temperament. Worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live. Do not be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands, so that no one will malign the word of God." Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled and everything set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. So that's an earful. I'd encourage you to go back and read that uh, later. And if there's something that you feel applies to you, take it. Apply that to your life, you know, there's, but it covers, it really covers the gauntlet from parents to young ones to, to men to women. It covers that whole dynamic, and it says that there are instructions, there's, there's things that are in place so that we can teach, that we can train, so that we encourage, and, and it says so that we can set them an example. One of the best ways to, to know how to be a good father or to be a good mother is for you to see your parents modeling it. Now, some of you may say, well, I didn't grow up with that, and I don't have a clue what I'm doing. It did you a disservice for your parents not to model a godly home 
or a godly model and you say, man, I don't know, or I didn't have a father, or if a father wasn't present, or my mother wasn't present, whatever the dynamic may be, but God can make up the difference. We have a perfectly heavenly father that can teach you all things, that can give you wisdom into all things. So just because you didn't have that present doesn't mean that you're gonna be a failure as a father and a failure as a mother. But if you allow Father God to guide and direct your motives and your heart and that you'd say, Lord, what do I do in this situation? I don't know what to do. And you allow him to give you wisdom and guidance and you follow that obedience through what he says, you will be a successful parent. Now, the most ideal situation is that you seek God's face. You're you're trying to figure out how to be the best parent you can. And it was modeled from your parents. Because we want a shift to happen. We want, you know, we want marriages that last forever. We want children's children's children to see godly Christian homes raised up in the way they should be, where they're, they're being doers of the word, not just by word, but by action. What they do actually represents and models a biblical model. Ideally, that's the ultimate goal. Does that mean we're going to mess up sometimes? Yeah. But we're pursuing to be Christian-based, biblically-based homes and parents that raise our children the best that we can. Matthew 19, 13 through 15. It says, The little children were brought to Jesus for, uh, for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. So let's just stop right there before I read the rest of that, that verse 14 and 15. So we have the disciples who were with Jesus and the little ones, I don't know what happened. I guess it would be like me standing right here preaching and the little kids run up or they, they bring their children for, for Jesus to place his hands on them and bless them. They were rebuked, which means that they, it was not allowed. They didn't want it. They didn't seem it, see it or deem it as acceptable. And Jesus said, wait a minute. Do not hinder the little ones from coming to me. Look what the rest of that passage says. It says, Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Verse 15, when he had placed his hands on them, he went from there. So we see something here, the value that Jesus sees in the children. And we as parents have to see the value in our children because if we don't see value in our children and it's just, they're just an afterthought, and if I have extra time after I work, after I watch my TV shows, after I do all my hobbies, if I have time, then I will focus on my children as an afterthought. I think we get to that same root that the disciples had as seeing children as insignificant. Don't allow, no, you can't, you know, it'd be like, get out of here, you're distracting us, go away, you don't need to be anywhere, you know. I think because we get in that mindset. But that mindset of seeing children as insignificant will affect every area of our life. It'll, it'll make us say that, hey, nursery is insignificant. It's just, it's just daycare. Nurse, VKC, it's insignificant. It doesn't matter. But if we see the value in our children, that could potentially be the best ministry that we offer because it could produce the most fruit in return in the long run because we're training and we're teaching our children from a young age the important things of sound doctrine, of what the Bible says. So just like Jesus said, allow them to come to me, that's the kind of church and that's the kind of people we want to be, okay? One of the most difficult challenges in parenting is to remain unified as a couple in your child's discipline. I know, uh, and, and I just see it, the older we get... We're all getting older, right? 
the more we get wore out and maybe we're less disciplined or we don't fight every fight anymore. And from each child, I've noticed the difference between Samuel and Cassidy and now Grace. Man, I am committed to give them this, to give Grace the same amount of effort and energy as I gave Samuel. Because if I don't, it does her a discredit and a disservice. So, you know, because I know sometimes the little one gets away with murder. They say it's like, oh, she can do no My little one gets spankings, breaks her heart way more than it broke Samuel's. She's a girl. The dynamic's a little bit different, and it breaks my heart more. She just big old alligator tears. But I know that it's for her well-being and for, it's for her good that we deal with the heart issues even at a young age. And just because she's the baby, we don't let her get away with whatever she wants. But I see it from my children even. Oh, it's okay, Grace, Pat. And I was like, no, bring her over here. She needs a spanking. <laughs> Rough love. I got to deal with the heart issues because I don't want to deal with them later. Okay? But Becky and I, we have to stay on the same page. We can't, it can't be like, oh, well, she's just a baby. She doesn't need a spanking. No, we need, to, we need to be very consistent in the approach. There's a few things that... uh that there's zero tolerance for, like blatant disrespect. Man, if my kids ever tell me no, it's a bad day for them. Like just, hey, I need you to do this. And they were to turn around, put the big pants on and say no. <laughs> They've, I don't think they hardly ever do it. Like the only time I get a no is like, hey, Samuel, do you mind? Or I ask a question rather than giving a direct statement and saying, I need to do this. It's like, hey, do you want to do this? He's like, oh, not really, Dad. And I was like, dang, man, I just asked him a question. And I guess he was honest, so okay, you don't have to do it. <laughs> right? But the times that I say, Samuel, take the trash out. Or if I call him by name, yes, sir. Immediately, you know, we're cultivating the response that we want. It hadn't been easy. It's giving me gray hairs and everything. <laughs> Trying to work through it. So we have to stay united as a couple. We need to continually evaluate where we're at. Have we been getting too lenient? Have we been too strict? I'll tell you, that's one thing that changed my life. I was super, super disciplined on Samuel. And, and God reminded me, he says, Noah, you know he's a kid, right? Humbled me. And I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I was trying to make him grow up so fast that I can't allow him to be a kid. So not that I didn't withdraw any discipline, but I allowed him to be a kid. So you know what? I'll take that trash out, man. You have to take this trash out the rest of your life. Enjoy being a kid. Little things like that. But we think that, oh, I got to trade. So there, there, there's, a, there's a grace applied rule where, yes, there's requirements. Yes, there's obligations. They're a part of the family. Therefore, they contribute. But also understanding that let them be a kid as long as you can. Don't be so concerned about making sure that they are adults at the age of 10, the world's going to throw them into that, and it's going to force them to grow up faster than we want anyway. Allow them to be children as long as you can. And sometimes I'll goof off with them, too. It's like, you know, you know playing in the rain, all kinds of crazy stuff that you just you make life memories of, of just having fun. Think about it. Wish I had time to go play in the rain. I got to work. I got to do. You know, you just, you're going to lose it as you get an adult. So really trying to foster and encourage that child spirit for as long as you can. But stay united. Uh, continually evaluate as, as a couple where you are at in your discipline pattern, okay? Uh, you know, we talked about last week that, that what God has put together in marriage, let no man separate. This means as, as, you're, as parents to not be divided by your children. So children need a structure and consistency in their lives. 
So they should learn to be familiar with the result of a wrong decision and likewise receive reinforcement for the right decisions. It shouldn't be just they're getting pounded, pounded, pounded. But when they do things well, they make good grades or they, they say, yes, sir, you sit down, you get, get down on your knee, you look them in the eyes and you say, son, I appreciate you respecting me and saying that in a way that honors me. Son, you know what? Because that doesn't just honor your daddy, it honors God. And because it honors God and it's respectful, it's, the word of God says that you will have long life. And we speak that over them because it's just a, it's a blessing to me. It's a blessing to them. And it is just a, a model of what God wants the household to, to be established like. Okay? So we got to be familiar. Our children need to be familiar with the result of wrong decisions. Okay? And that likewise, they need to receive reinforcement for the right decisions. Make sure this is balance. It's not just cracking them when they mess up and, you know, and praising them when they do good. But it's, it's making sure that both sides of that is covered. As parents, it's our responsibility to deal with the heart issues and, and that directly lead and, and directly lead our children to the cross. So what am I saying? As parents, as we raise children, it's important to look beyond the action and, and identify the heart issue be, behind the action. Okay, we see, we see, you know, we see a kid say no. Well, it's not just the action of saying no, or let's say that a kid takes a toy from somebody else. Don't just punish them for taking the toy. What we really need to look at is not the action, but the heart issue, the root behind that is that he's selfish. It's not that he took the toy. Well, learn to share, and you know, hey, take the toy. Don't, be, don't take the toy from, no, quit being selfish. Because ultimately that's how, by design, it's a heart issue. We gotta look beyond just the action and make sure that we focus on the heart issue you guys ever thought of that my wife was sharing me sharing that with me this week she's been reading a bunch of books on children raising different things that is the most important takeaway that she said she took away not looking at the action and just dealing with the action but saying god give me wisdom what is the heart issue behind the action and then dealing with that it may just be meanness it might be selfishness and it could be tied to rebellion most of those are the roots of where everything kind of spruces from so the root of sin that is causing the action. Jeremiah 17, 9, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. So make sure we're not naive parents of saying, Oh, well, my kid's just way better than all the rest. Because deep down, their heart is deceitful. Apart from Christ coming in and, and changing their heart of stone and giving them a heart of flesh, they're going to be selfish. They're going to, you know... Uh, they are going to be deceiving, rebellious, like all of these characteristics, you know, it's going to be there. So as parents, let's deal with those spiritual things, those hard issues. Okay, life is full of hard decisions and teaching your children to make great decisions while they're young will only benefit them in the future. How many of your parents have a hard time making decisions sometimes? There's hard life changing decisions that you have to make as adults. So we need to teach that as their children to make the right decisions. Samuel, you think that's the right decision, son? You know, think of the consequences of that. And then if it won't cause physical harm, let them go with that decision. Sometimes decisions don't always play out like we think they should. If we look in the, in, uh, in the scripture, David versus Saul. So in, in the Old Testament, we always saw that, saw that Saul was always concerned about pleasing people but David was always concerned with what God wanted. And that's, that's our ultimate goal as parents is that, man, our children will pursue what God wants, not necessarily what they want or what people want. 
people pleasers or peer pressure. Like, man, all those things are real and they're valid, but we want our kids that pursue what God wants. Okay, so let's look at this short verse that really points out David's heart. First Chronicles 14, 14. And this is what it says. It's just a small, you don't have to turn to it. It says, so David inquired of God again and answered him. And God answered him. So David always cared what God had to say because he knew that that's where, where the victory would lie. He always sought the heart of God. And that was just a lifestyle thing. We know David as being what? A man after what? God's own heart. He cared about what God had to say and what God thought. So if we teach our children to hear the voice of God at a young age, they'll make more right decisions rather than abundance of wrong ones. We're good. They're going to make mistakes, parents. We all know that, right? Hope so, yeah. But we want them to make more right decisions than wrong decisions. That's just part of the growing and the learning. But as parents, we want to walk with them through that. Okay? Children must know that you are for them and love and support them no matter what. Okay? Always take your child's side. This is something, you know, that uh, I'm often reminded of. Because if your child does not trust you, they will never follow you. If, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if your kids don't trust that you have their best interests in mind, regardless of the cost, they're not going to come tell you something difficult or if they're working through something that they can't trust you, okay? One, one phrase that I really always encourage my children on a regular basis to help align them to focus on what's being said, I always tell them the first time, every time. If they're not listening, if they're not paying attention, my expectation is that the first time I say something, you listen to me, and every single time that I say it. First time, every time. It's just a principle that I always hammer to them. Because I'll start counting like this. And when, you know, I mean, it's not one, two, three. It's like, hey, this is how many times you ignored me. Not how many spankings you're getting. Because I remember back in the old days, you know, it's like, one, two, three, that's it. Shame on you, buddy. But it's, it's to point out the root issue. I don't want to just spank them say, son, listen, I've asked you once. I've asked you twice. I've asked you three times, and three times you didn't listen to me, not the first, second, third, or fourth time. So what do you think I should do about that? He's like, whoa, whoa, You know, it could Dad, I need to listen the first time every time. Okay, we're realigned. Because that's the expectation. That's God's expectation, that we listen the first time every single time. And sometimes we're just as hard-headed as our children. We don't want to listen every single time. Okay. So sometimes an instruction is given for the child's safety. And if the child is not accustomed to listening the first time, it, it, you know, it's critical that they learn to listen the first time because there could, there could be harm that comes to your child if they don't learn to listen on the first time. You ever had you trying to cross the road and one of your kids is moving, not paying attention, you say, stop! If your kid isn't accustomed to listening to instruction the first time every single time, they'll just keep bebopping across the street and it could kill them. And I'm talking immediate response. It's for their own safety. You know, or you call them by name. You know, if I say Samuel, Cassidy. Samuel looked at me. Cassidy's like, I don't care, Dad. <laughs> their response should be what? To immediately look me in the eyes and say, hey, what is the next instruction? Tuning their ears to always hear and respond immediately the first time every time. Okay? So listening skills is something that has to be practiced in order to really, really get good at it. We look at James 1.19. It says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. But we're fast to become angry. We want to talk all the time. And then we say, what did you say? We get that scripture totally backwards. So we have to be, we have to be quick to listen where we need to open our ears more than we open our mouth. 
And everybody grumbled and said, amen. Okay. So children have to learn this listening skill also. I know that there's times that my children completely cut off their brain. If they're watching TV, video games, something on the internet, something like that. And, and, uh, and I'm sure there's other times, but it's just like, Samuel, pay attention. And it's just like, it's like, man, cuts it completely. This doesn't know what's going on. It's like, man, what is going Engage the brain, son. In a whole nother planet. You know, and we're going to look in a few weeks the, the danger of that, of allowing an environment where there's too much social media or entertainment and how that affects the family. But if that's going to be allowed, they still have to engage their brain in some capacity where it doesn't matter what they're doing. If they hear me call them or I say something, they pause it. Yes, Dad. It's very hard to cultivate nowadays with all the entertainment. Okay. So we as parents must teach our children to actively listen even when they're busy doing something else because that's the same thing we have to do with God every single day of our lives. It's life lessons, right? Listening amongst the noise of the world, okay? So hearing God among the day-to-day -day in real life, you know, the, uh, amongst the busyness, you know, of life attacks, you know, this is something that we need to practice and something that we need to learn to do on a regular basis. And if we can teach our children to do that at a young age, it's going to set them up for success. So in conclusion, I'm going to give you keys to immediately better your parenting. Dun, dun, dun. These are some keys that I was, that I was thinking about, you know, you know, what would be uh, some of the best things that I could give you in my young experience of raising my kids. But I feel like I'm learning a little bit as we go. So the first thing to immediately better your parenting, stay consistent. Be consistent in whatever model and whatever you guys design for your home. Secondly, keep your word. You tell your kids something, hey, we're going to go get ice cream. It don't matter if you don't feel like it. If you got tired, if you wanted to take a nap, if you told them you're going to go get ice cream, you better take them to go get ice cream. Because if your word means nothing, then what is your word? So stay consistent. Keep your word. Make your children a priority is number three. So what does that mean? When you're home, be home. Get involved in their world. You got to be able to connect with your parents, with your with your kids, to some degree within their realm. If they like video games, mom, dad, you better learn how to play some video games. Hey, show me how to play this game, <laughs> dad. You just died again. Sorry, I'm trying to just be a part of your world. So when you're home, be a part of their life. I know it's hard coming off of work, being tired, but make it a priority to be involved in your. Make your children a priority. And then teach them about God. So what does this mean? That means family devotionals, praying as a family, living a modeled lifestyle that pursues after God. Okay? So if you're writing it down, I'll tell you one more time. Stay consistent. Keep your word. Make your children a priority. And teach, teach your children about God. Okay, children, we're almost done because I got like two minutes. These are for you. This is what you can do, children, to bless God. First and foremost, always. Say always. always. Say always like you're excited about it. Always. <laughs> Obey your parents. He said, man, you didn't tell me what I was going to say always about. Okay? And this is the next one. Know that God wants you to do awesome things right now in your life. Okay? Right now. God wants you to do awesome things. And that God loves you. And he made you perfectly according to his plan. 
Got that, kids? Always obey your parents. Know that God wants you to do awesome things right now. You don't have to be an adult to do those. And that God loves you and made you perfectly according to his plan. You guys stand up with me this morning. I want everybody to know that if we succeed in raising our children, we can ensure a, a established next generation. If we fail at raising our children... They'll be forced to pick up the pieces of that we didn't put together and that we didn't establish for them. It's just as important as a career. It's just as important as all the things that you want. If, if God has graced you with children or maybe even spiritual children, God is giving you specific instructions to continually raise them and be involved in their life. And it's like Carrie said last week, she goes, man, I never quit raising my kids or involved in their life. And that's the whole point. It should just change as they get older. They shouldn't become so detached from the parents, but the, the parents should be able to continue to influence their life throughout a lifetime. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.